Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of business and entrepreneurship. Each episode, we will bring you insightful interviews with entrepreneurs and business owners who are making waves in the marketplace. From sales strategies to marketing innovations, leadership insights, and effective lead generation, this is your go-to source for staying ahead in the business game. Now let's get equipped for success and get to today's episode. All right, we're live. Uh, Michael, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. Good, good. Well, we're here today. We're going to talk about IT service staffing and customer retention in today's market. We, you know, things are just crazy with the economy going the way it is. Uh, hiring, you know, a year ago was different than it is today. Uh, different than it was three years ago. And I think you know, even with the customers that we have, there's just so much just uh, turmoil and uncertainty and all that. And I think a lot of us have that three years ago mindset where, you know, we're, we're, we're things changed and we didn't want them to change. And I think a lot of us, uh, there, there's some of the stuff that you and I talked about, Michael, that I think will, will be good here. But, um, but yeah, Michael, so you, you are with... Um, NDSE, uh, which is the MSSP, been there for eight years, right? Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your history. Um, okay. So I got started in, we'll say, a professional capacity um, while I was in the military. Uh, used to do inspections of refineries, uh, chemical refineries, oil refineries, uh, all through the United States along the waterways. And uh, learned what branch were you in? Uh, that was the Coast Guard. Okay. Coast Guard. Awesome. I had, had no idea that that's what they did as well as part of their missions. But yeah, that's that was one of the fun ones. Nice. Um, learned, learned under some really, really good people, uh, which made a big difference. So um, during that time period, my unit, which was in Pittsburgh at the time, the closest IT uh, support that we had was in St. Louis, Missouri. So if we needed something, it was either remote or it was going to be a few days before we had anybody to be able to come out and give us a hand with anything. So my XO at the time had known that I tinkered a lot with, with computers and software and was always toying around and had started going to school for IT as well. Uh, so he asked me to kind of step up and be the liaison or the hands-on for the IT team as need be to support our unit there in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, the more I got involved in that, uh, the more interest that it peaked. Um, like I really kind of was like, wow, this is this is kind of fun. I, I actually mm -hmm. enjoyed doing this for more than just a, a hobby. So mm -hmm. uh, I started taking more classes, getting certifications through uh, CompTIA, Cisco, Microsoft, just trying to learn as much as I could, as fast as I could under the GI Bill. Um, so. <laughs> I, at one point, I was approaching my exit of the military and approached one of my lieutenants and said, I would love to be able to do this full time for the service. Uh, but the only way to do that was to change your rate or your job. And what the lieutenant did was he helped me draft a request to command for me to have a civilian position in the 
uh, unit where I was to continue to, to support them as we go through. Um, as much as we we tried to do that, <laughs> we it ultimately got kicked down. They were like, look, we have IT people we don't need anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I made my choice to, to get out. Mm. Uh, and I get out and I pursued IT on the outside. And interestingly enough, went to work for a company in Richmond, Virginia, just as a technician, uh, call it entry level style, you know, technician. And my, my boss four months into it came in, put his notice in on his desk and left and said, Oh, wow. That was at the same time that the owner of the company had gone out of country for vacation. Of course. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not <laughs> going to wait for a good time for this to take place. Yeah. yeah. So I just kind of, you know, without, I guess, thinking, just kind of started making calls, scheduling appointments, just carry on, do what we need to do. Right. Uh, and by the time, you know, the owner came back, things were still running somewhat smoothly. Uh, so he put me in charge of service because mm. he didn't have anybody else. So I became a service manager for the company at the time. Uh, and that just kind of grew over, over time period. So I, you know, I changed jobs a couple of times, gone through different companies, looking to expand skill set, looking to expand opportunities. Um, I'm not one that likes to sit. I don't want to, I, I can't just get complacent doing one thing. I, I need mm -hmm. a challenge. And uh, when I got to network data security experts, uh, challenge accepted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this was a lot of change. Well, and, and going back to the, the position where you kind of stepped up, I, I think that 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 is something that you, you see less and less now than you used to, you know, 10 years ago five years ago, whatever. Um, but if you have an, like, like a lot of people want to advance in their careers, right? They want to be a manager. They want to be whatever. Um, you did it the right way. And that that's seldom happens. I remember one time uh, I had a team where the, the internet went out, manager was gone, manager comes back and, and the internet's out and everybody's just kind of hanging out. And nobody stepped up and, and thought, you know, hey, let's call the internet provider, figure out what's going on. They're just like, well, you know, we don't know what to do. The the manager's gone. Uh, I guess we're just not working for a while. Um, yeah, a lot so of that's that, not my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. It's hard to see because you're you're exactly correct. You know, in, in, in the time periods in which we were growing up, it was it was always that conversation with your father who said, how are you going to make the best of yourself? Uh, what are you going to do for a career? Right. And we're young, we're, we're dumb, whatever. We're like, I just want to make some money to go party with my friends and put gas in the car. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's where we were. And to, to have it in, in your nature to say, I want to make the best of what I'm going to do. I don't want to hop jobs. I don't want to, mm. I don't want to do just one thing forever. But the only way that happens is you have to have the mindset that that says, I want to do something bigger than what I am now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you're, and you're not saying I should be the manager. You're, you're saying here, there's this need. I'm going to step up into it. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, yeah. And don't don't forget that it, you have to understand the position so you, you want to have a career path, right? You want to grow into something, but you need to know what that is you want to grow into. 
you need to really understand the responsibility of that position, what the weight is it carries and what it's going to require of you to do it before you say you want to step into it. Because there's exactly, so many yeah. times people get into roles and they say, mm -hmm, yeah, I don't want to do this. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, people go out and they become doctors and they say, I've done this for a few years, but not really my calling. Uh, I thought it was, but they invested so much into it to find out that yeah. they want to do it. So yeah. in IT, it's the same thing. IT is such a broad spectrum. Uh, it's a blanket statement, right? It's the industry we're in. It's not the job that we're in. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get into IT management, you need to know everything that the management is responsible for. Mm -hmm. So the more you learn of every role, every path, every direction, every opportunity in your early stages of your career, the more successful you'll be in the long run. Yeah. And, then, and we're not here to talk about this, but I just thought that was a great point. And the, the, just the mindset of if, if as a manager, if you see somebody do that, just like the owner saw that, that to hire somebody to vet, find all that stuff is just a pain in the butt. To, when you have somebody <laughs> step up, it is, so refreshing and and yeah. you, you took such a weight off of him i mean just imagine he came back when it, it was done versus him coming back and okay well i guess for the next two months we're, we're interviewing people um and, and and he has to fill that role and and all that that so that's great yeah and, so, and a lot of times owners don't necessarily want to feel like they have to step down um to to backfill that position and not not just owners owners operators managers they yeah i think sometimes they, they get in a hurry to say we just need to put a body there we'll train them after that yeah. and in it that happens a lot and that that's i feel like that's unfortunate for the people that are applying for those jobs because they mm -hmm. they, they get it and they're not quite prepared <laughs> mm -hmm. so well and just just there's two sides of that. One, the company's not preparing them, but two, they're not preparing themselves. And so it's just a, a lose, lose. Right. Yeah. And you just think about the, the training that you had coming into that, you know, the company didn't have, didn't lay it out for you. You stepped up into it. So it works both ways, yeah. but it's, it's just a lose, lose when neither party is willing to, to put the effort in or the extra work in. Well, it's a partnership. So, it's a partnership with staff, yes, yes. partnership with customers. I mean, we yeah. are in a service industry. Mm -hmm. So because we're in a service industry, we need to be able to provide the best customer service we can. But let's not forget, we also have to provide as the employer, the best customer yeah. service, yeah. if you will, to our staff. Uh, so we've, we've got to find ways to reciprocate with them, uh, the employees and the customers to be able to provide exactly what everyone's looking for, which is a partnership. Yeah. So, so all that gets you into uh, NDSC where you are now. Um, you've been uh, director of operations there for the past several years, but you've been there for eight years, right? Yes. And yep. so, uh, so what, what uh, talk about getting into that role there. So I, I was um, not necessarily looking for work at the time, uh, but I put my stuff out and said, I'm, I'm here and just see what kind of happens. And I got a call from someone 
um, that I had spoken to in the past many years prior to. And I mean, we're talking probably seven years prior to that. Um, so it was interesting to get that call. And he says, hey, listen, uh, you know, saw your stuff out there. We'd like to talk to you about a, a position we have. So it's okay. You know, I'm definitely open to conversations as we all should be, right? And uh, I I went and met with, with Frank Ernesto. And we sat and had the conversation about the position. And we came to an arrangement for me to uh, come to work at Network Data Security Experts or NDSC as the service manager. And from that point forward, uh, it's been another, uh, I view it as challenge for me to just take what's here and I want to make it better. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I was in a, in a position that I had some abilities. I had some authority to make some changes. Uh, and the more changes that got made in process, procedure, uh, training, everything we were doing, just, just doubled efforts time and time over and over. Just, uh, you know, one of those, one of those moments that you get in your life that is very few and far between, but one of those moments that you can sit back at the end of every year and go, wow, this is pretty cool, yeah. you know? And, um, and it was, it was, it's, it was great to watch it continue. So as you would kind of hope, the more that you do for your company, the more your company does for you. Uh, and Frank and I just, we worked really well together. Uh, we both had the same vision. We both know what want to come of this. And from there, we worked on that, on that partnership together. And um, mm. we, we got, we got the company where, where it is right now and we still to this day and i still sit down and talk about what's next mm -hmm. you know and uh yeah. it's it's really kind of nice it's, it's kind of awesome. nice to have that yeah uh, yeah that, that's hard to find and uh it, once you do find it again you well, you've been there for almost nine years i guess so um it, it just shows how that can help retention but um but yeah so we want to talk about staffing customer retention customer service um talk about so you know you're you're an it service company mssp how is hiring right now i mean we all know it, hiring is difficult yeah uh, <laughs> and i'm and, sure everybody out there who, who hears this is going to go oh my god it's more than difficult this yeah. is this is tough um and finding the right people um is also tough um you know for for years we'll go back to two three years ago i like i like your time frame three years ago we had engagements yeah. with the schools we would we had programs in place with the schools that would help yeah. have them come out be be able to to provide an opportunity for them to just kind of um test the skills that they've learned and then if there was an opportunity or an opening then you know, we would allow them to slide into, into that position, knowing that they're entry level, trying to, to grow into what they want to do. Um, but the schools, the schools were schools are schools. They, they pump people through there really fast. And it's, mm -hmm. it's hard when it's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat when the industry is changing so fast, especially from three years ago, oh, yeah. everything changed just overnight. Everything changed. Right. So having 
folks that are looking for work uh, understand that what you knew yesterday is not what you need to know tomorrow. Uh, and, and the only way to be successful in this industry, you must stay on top of everything every day. So when we talk about hiring folks and we sit down and we ask them, you know, some of their basic information, they, they can get the basics and you, you can get a gauge of how they are, but it, it's tough to fill every role you're looking for. Um, bigger companies are still doing fairly well. There are some large layoffs that tend to happen as we all see, you know, Microsoft did, did a massive one not long ago. So we hope that we hope that that ingests some opportunity for us to be able to hire. Yeah. Um, recruiters are sometimes options to look at, uh, but the, you know, there's premiums that come with with using services to try to to try to help find different places. So you need to have a really good working relationship with with one or two recruiters out there that can help you. Um, but it it just it takes time. It takes longer now to find the talent yeah. than it ever used to. Well, I, I don't know if it's similar for you, but I, I'd say 2019, pre-COVID, let's go back, you know, six years ago. Six years ago, we would put a job posting out and we would get 200 applicants, right? And it would just, I mean, and we'd have our pick of the litter. Uh, then three years ago, four years ago, Man, it went to ten. Yep. I mean, it just it just shrunk, and those ten were okay. You know, not not very experienced, um, <laughs> but it just it just got harder. But then you you know you'd find the person, hire them, and it'd be great. And it just seems like the last couple years, you get those 10, 20 applicants, but the expectations for you know benefits pay have just skyrocketed the uh like they are the prize in their mind and 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 they are to a point uh in your businesses people but to them it's like wow me to, you know you if, if you don't wow me i'm just gonna you know i'll, I'll keep stay where i'm at or uh you know just keep on looking yeah it um, was the, it, it was the age of of we used to look at we when i say we i mean us as job seekers we would look to the employer and we want to know what benefits there were. And mm -hmm. when you sat down with an interview, the employer said, what are you going to bring to yeah. us? Why should we hire you? And nowadays, some of that's been reversed, right? At least at post COVID it's, it's, it's kind of that way. And I say post COVID, we're not out of it, but it's a time period where people are starting to go back to work more frequently. The work from home mentality is is kind of slowed a little bit. Um, so now it is it is tougher because it's <laughs> when you meet someone and you say, hey, I have a position that I'd like to talk to you about. And they say, great, what's in it for me? Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a different approach that has to be taken now. Well, that's uh, I don't know if you know Dave Ramsey he's got a, a whole leadership wing that he teaches. And again, they used to say, you know, we, we interview people for months. We, we have, you know, the, we have six interviews they go through, they go to dinner with them and their spouse and all this stuff. And I, I, I was kind of checking in and listening to podcasts or something recently. And they said, Oh yeah. So you do those six interviews like in two days. 
And, <laughs> you, you know, the bars, even for them, they're a pretty high performing uh, uh, company, but the bar for them is lowered and they just, they've just adjusted. Right. Um, and and the, you'd want to say, no, this is the way we do it. We interview for six months and all that. It just doesn't work that way anymore. You'll lose that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. You'll, you'll lose that opportunity. And, and, you, you know, it, it is really important to all of us as employers. It's really important when we find that right one that their gut tells us we, we really want to talk to this one individual. We would yeah. love to have this guy on our team. You, you have to almost kind of work fast. You know, there's an old, there's an old saying out there, you're fire fast, hire slow. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you almost can't do that anymore, but you have to be you have to be cautious about how you approach, you know the um, the dating process mm-hmm. of a potential employee. So, uh, so a lot of, a lot of places that though they have gone to the higher fast, but I mean if you go to a restaurant you see you see the problems that that has caused where yeah. nobody knows everybody seems like they're training right. Um, in our organizations, we see that too. How do you avoid, you know, you get the talent, you don't miss the opportunity, but the the customer and the company do not suffer because of it. So it's really, really important that going through this kind of change in, in the industry that we're going through on all industries uh, is to have the right process. You, you, it, it is the time period to go back and reevaluate your hiring process and not just the hire, but the immediate time period after. Once you do find that one person you want in there, what's your training process like following that? It can't be, you know, come into work on Monday, we'll see you then, you go around, you meet everybody, and then sit down and shadow somebody for a few days, and then, you know, start, you know, working some jobs or tickets yourself. It's not like that anymore, because we we don't know for sure what exactly their skill level is going to be mm-hmm. uh, and if you're trying to hire a, a tier three individual it, you kind of want to know you're getting a tier three individual right yeah um, and, and you don't know that for the first couple months at least right that, that's exactly right that's yeah. exactly right and you you know your process has to be a little bit slower of what you're doing with them so you 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 don't get the opportunity to really know them before you bring them in. So you have to learn them after you bring them in, right? So difference between knowing and learning is what can you give them that they can accomplish successfully, either on their own with a little bit of help or guidance and still ask for more, Mm -hmm. right? So that's how we figure out for sure, did I hire a tier three individual or not? Uh, but that's the cause and effect of having to hire fast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 gleaning into the future a little bit of what's still yet to come, and that has to be aligned with your your customer base as well. You part of the change that you have to make is you must advise your customers when you are making changes with personnel as well, which is a different thing than we're used to doing. But you don't want them to be caught off guard with. You know a whole bunch of new people that are in here you've got new every time i call i talk to somebody different you guys okay <laughs> so, yeah we're yeah. fine we're fine we're you know we're we're just taking on some new heads we're 
you know, expanding, we're doing whatever, but yet you have to communicate with your customer as well so that you're setting the expectations with them as well as you are with anyone you're trying to hire in. Yeah. And, and also you talk about training. Training is no longer that first couple of weeks of uh, onboarding. It, it's yeah. also the next couple of months, the next, you know, six months in um, how you're checking in those guardrails that you put in place. Um, I mean, there, it, it's, you've got to think about your whole process with, it, in this new environment, right? Well, then, and that's the key. It, it is, you know, I, I said it, you said it. It, it. It's all about process. And mm -hmm. this is a time period where with the right process on hiring uh, and with staffing, you can be very successful at the end of the day with it. But this is absolutely a time period that if you're not sitting down and going through your process, if you're struggling with hiring folks right now, you need to stop pointing fingers and, you know, blaming everybody else that's out there. Yeah. You've got to go back and evaluate yourself. Go back and evaluate your business, your process on what it's like to hire. What, yeah. what can yeah. you make? What can you do different? Uh, think outside of the box. You know, if anything, it's an opportunity for for us as employers exactly. to think outside of the box and come up with some fresh ideas. Yeah, that's and we'll get into the customer side of this, <clears throat> but that that is exactly right. That we can look at it and say, oh, COVID, oh, you know, Gen X, Gen Gen whatever, uh, and complain. But at the end of the day, it is a challenge that we have to face. We we can complain or we can adjust, and. Right. I think especially, you know, we, we go you know, into an uncertain economy, companies are going to fail and, and the companies that fail are the ones that are, are saying, oh, and inflation and all the, you know, all this stuff, the ones that succeed are the ones that exactly like you're saying, hey, we, we've got a different workforce. We need to work different. Yes, I, absolutely. A hundred percent. And some of the, some of the business just over the years, when I say over the years, I mean, over the last 24 months, some of the business that, that we've had to engage with and, and no longer have that business is because of m and And it's mm -hmm. those businesses made the decision. This has just gotten, you know, too stressful, too <laughs> strenuous for us. We don't want to fight this battle anymore. We watched, we watched a very old company in town sell to a much larger business because they say, listen, it's, it's just time. We don't want to go through this anymore. Everything is more expensive. We're having to hire people from all over the country to fill roles that we have. And it's too strenuous on, on our staff and our processes. Yeah. Well, sure. You're a very large company that's been well-established for a very long time. Changing process is going to be harder than trying to hire anyone, right? So there is a balance of what you can and cannot do. But you have to start somewhere. You have to start looking at, are we continuing to do the right thing mm -hmm. process-wise in order for us to hire the right people, knowing we're in a customer service industry, and be able to provide those right people to our customers, knowing that that is going to be a successful pairing. That's going to be a successful partnership and, and continue to grow even after that yeah that's a hard thing man that's a that's a that's a really hard thing to sit down because of business has been doing it for so long they think well our processors are solid we, we don't have to make any changes right 
Yeah. Well, surprise. <laughs> now you don't have a choice. Yeah. So, so talk talk more about the uh, on the customer side uh, with customer service with customer retention. How how have you guys and and other companies adjusted in a positive way? I mean, I, I want to say over the last couple of years, but again, we're in another transition. That's that's what's so crazy is we had several years where things were really stable, money was you know flying out, and just the last several years things have changed so fast. And again, we're in another transition. I feel. Um, how how are you guys adjusting all that? Uh, it's a really good question. <laughs> the The simple answer is we are in flux. Um, you, you have to think of your business almost as a rubber band. It's it's got to it's got to be able to stretch. It's got to be able to uh, twist a little bit. It's got to have the flexibility to know that things are constantly changing. Um, so we are trying to account for so many different things personnel that we do have personnel that we need to hire customers that we do have new prospects of customers that we want to get into help with all of these are moving parts so if if you stick with your foundation but understand and make sure that you are able to flex a little bit outside of what you normally do without you know, without stretching it beyond your means, meaning don't don't go too far away from your core. You know, mm -hmm. do what you're good at, stick with what you're good at, but be able to be more flexible to accommodate those that you are engaged with. Then you'll find more success in that than you will trying to stick to your guns. Um, so we, you know, example, we're 24 hours a day. We always have been, uh, but mm. I still have to now worry about burnout not just of my employees but of my customers right because customers are working mm -hmm. from home mm -hmm. right not just staff but customers work from home and because they work from home their schedules tend to flux a little bit so maybe they're not working eight to five all the time like they used to maybe they're maybe they're doing a few hours during the afternoon a few hours in the evening maybe they do a few hours in the weekend whatever arrangement it is they have with their employer, it's going to be a little bit different. So therefore, our requirement of being able to support anyone 24 hours a day becomes very mission critical uh, in order to support them as we need to. But we both still have to learn that just because it's Sunday and you're working doesn't mean I'm going to dispatch someone you know, yeah. to go out somewhere and deal with that. So there has to be a little bit of flexibility in what you're doing and how you do it to accommodate what everyone else is doing as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I, I didn't really thought about that part of it, that not only are you changing so much, but your customers are changing so much. And that really gets into retention. The Over, over the last eight years, you, you've probably you've seen a lot of change. Uh, the The customers that you have now trying to figure out how to ask this, but from the last, over the last three years, has, has your customer base had to change to account for the change you had to make as a company or can they change with you? Is retention possible, probable? 
Both. Okay. The, the simple answer, both. And and here's here's why it, it actually is very easily both. If if you have a good solid customer base, mm -hmm. and we go into a global event like COVID was, you know how it's impacting you. Therefore, you know how it's going to impact your customers. If you if you are that engaged with your customer base, you understand and can foreshadow, uh, you know, what may be to come. So you'll be able to understand what changes they may or may not need to make right up front. Examples, mm -hmm. examples, everybody said, we have to shut down, we have to work from home. So VPNs became significantly more important than it ever mm -hmm. has in the past. Well, maybe the firewall is not capable of handling, you know, 150 concurrent connections because they didn't have a large enough firewall. So now they have to change the infrastructure and you have to approach the owner and say, well, we've got to do this. And so what do you mean? We're not even in the office. Why do we need to buy a three times the size firewall now? <laughs> well, because all your people are not in the office. Yeah. So we have to be educating our customer base constantly. We need to be constantly evaluating their infrastructures and what's happening in order for them to be successful. So to answer your question, do we have to think about the change of customer base that we're engaging with? The answer is no. Um, it, as long as you are working with them, you can be a guide to your customer mm -hmm. on how operations can change. We understand technology. We understand the availability of what's out there. We should be the ones going to our customer base and helping guide them through the decisions on how they need to address this issue versus letting them figure it out mm -hmm. and tell us what needs to be done. Right? It, it, it's yeah. it's that partnership. So well, that that's where the the how you address it starts months before that. You talk about telling the the business that they need to buy a firewall that's you know three times what they have already like that could come across as a scammy you know i'm just trying to sell you something right. but if, if months before that you've positioned yourself as a uh, partner with them as somebody that is looking to help you're it's going to be a lot more receptive i, I saw that with uh, some fellow marketing people where they, they'd say you know you need this you need that and they lost some customers because the trust wasn't there and they felt like it was just a money grab. Um, so, yeah. yeah and with... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Good. No, I, I was going to say that that's a, a huge uh, misconception that that did take place during mm -hmm. during the transitions that we had to go through over the last few years. Uh, and I, I've watched a lot of friends of mine that own other MSPs around the country um, struggle with that. And it, it's, it's unfortunate because I've always taken the mindset from day one that I don't want to be a client vendor, right? I want to be your partner in this. I want you to think, I want you to, to imagine that we are in the same building together all the time, that we are, you know, part of your staff, which is sure the, it, it is a viewpoint that many people will put out in the industry and say, well, we try to do the same thing. Yes, but there's a difference between how you do that 
and whether you are truly viewed as that. So I feel yeah. like we've got a really good, uh, in fact, I know we have a really good relationship with most of our customer base to the extent that when we did go through this, they, they knew we had their backs. They knew we would be able to yeah. help them transition as they needed to and make that transition very, very smooth from everyone being in the office to everyone working from home. And now we're seeing a lot of that transition back, you know, where they're going, we're not working from home anymore. We're, mm -hmm. we're calling our folks back in, or maybe we're doing more of a hybrid style now, and we're going to let them work from home one or two days a week, whatever it is. But then you get into the question of, well, how, how can we just make sure my employees get everything they need and yet still make sure that we are able to uh, keep the efficiencies high and still be able to provide some of that employee satisfaction as well. So they look to us knowing their technologies and what's available out there. How can we, how can we help provide everything that you're looking for? You want to provide mm -hmm. employee satisfaction by giving them the abilities to be able to work from home, the freedoms to be able to have some flex schedules, but you still are a business. You're still required yep. to know your analytics. You still need to know the efficiencies of your employees, whether it's time to hire again or not. What, you know, have you, have you exceeded your capacity and you need to hire 10 more people as well because you're growing? You've still got to be able to be fed that kind of information. And when everyone's working in the office, they can get that. They can get that very easily. When they're working from home, it does take some different kinds of technologies, different kinds of, of uses of existing technologies to figure that out. So they really become reliant on a partner to be able to do that. So we made it a point to get in front of them right away and start talking about these points right in the beginning. So listen, I know you 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 told me you want your folks to to be able to work from home. Let's talk about this from a business perspective as well and say here are some things that you need to be thinking about. Yeah, you're you're not waiting for them to come to you with a problem. You're preemptively coming to them with a solution to the problem they they haven't really thought through or they're trying to ignore. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. And that's you know, that is a huge differentiator when you're talking about being a partner to your customers yeah. and whatnot. So do I think that the customer has kind of changed or the style of customer has changed over the years? My answer is no. Um, we have been targeting some different kind of industries that, um, that we are very good in in those verticals, um, which is standard operating procedure for us. But we're not leaving anyone behind. Yep. We're we're trying to guide all of our partners to the same place, to so that from a business operation perspective for them, they feel or see nothing any different. They can get through these transitions without it, you know, being painful <laughs> a process yep. for them to get through. Well, and and we we've got to wrap up here, but. I just to go back to one point, you say we haven't really changed. We we have looked at different industries. I think so. Uh, some companies may look and they they may say, "Man, if we were in X, we would be doing better." Let Let's focus on this instead. You talk about the niches idea. Are Are you saying that uh, every company, like like your past companies, they can all fit? And the going after the niche isn't really necessary. I, I'm, I'm not asking this very well. 
<laughs> I, I think I understand your question. You're, you're kind of because it feels like you're saying both. Like, yes, everybody can come along, but but also there's better fits in, in certain industries. Is is well, there a contention there? Is what I'm asking, I guess. So I'll answer it with a yes and no, um, okay. because our industry is pretty widespread. There there can be consistencies yeah. across the board with minor changes here and there, depending on what their industry is. Um, my point of the targeting is, uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you should do what you're good at and don't try to reach outside of what you're good at. There are other companies out there that can help you achieve what you're looking for. So we have a lot of partnerships with different organizations. Uh, we, you know, voice over IP, we have a partner that does that for us. We just engage directly on the customer's behalf. I don't need to try to figure that out as a revenue stream, as an example. Gotcha. Right? So we are very good at doing security. We're very good at, at maintaining uh, the, the security, the safety of the infrastructure, but educating them on what they need to do to continue to maintain that themselves as well. So we are targeting the ones that, the physicists that are invested in making their infrastructure better. Uh, it's not any one industry that we're going after is the example. Mm -hmm. uh, there are customers out there, there are businesses out there that say, well, I just need to keep everything running, keep the lights on. <laughs> well, that's not true nowadays. If yeah. you want to keep the lights on, you've got to maintain the light switch. You've got to pay mm -hmm. the power bill. You've got, to, you've got to do all these different things. But a lot of them I'm finding as I engage with them just do not understand what really needs to happen nor are they being shown. There's no ongoing education. Uh, and, and I think that's what I mean by targeted. I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to help educate so many businesses out there on the needs of security by showing them, by engaging with them in discussions uh, and, and making sure they understand what's really necessary nowadays versus quit thinking about IT as being the second yeah. most expensive thing underneath your payroll tax. That's not the case. Security <laughs> doesn't have to be expensive anymore. You just need someone to help you with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so instead of filtering out your current customers, it's more finding the right new customers that are coming in. I, I got correct. you. Yeah. Correct. Well, that's great. Teach the ones you have, educate the ones you yeah. have, and continue to educate more. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, this, this has been great. This has been a lot of little nuggets here. Um, tell us uh, with NDS uh, E, what like just give a little uh, pitch for for what you guys do there. So, Network Data Security Experts is a cybersecurity consulting firm that will provide uh, everything from day to day help desk support to yeah. design, build infrastructures, as well as securing the infrastructure. Uh, so we are considered your IT department with the resources and skill sets to cover it all. And, and what, what kind of businesses do you uh, go after? Uh, primarily, we engage heavily with financial firms, manufacturing okay. firms, uh, but we have we have processes and procedures that will cover any industry, regardless of what it is. Anywhere in the U.S.? Anywhere in the U.S. Gotcha. gotcha. Well, great. And uh, if, if somebody did want to reach out to you, ask more about these or 
the, the topics that we talked about, how would they get a hold of you? Just through LinkedIn or is there another way? They can they can hit me up on LinkedIn or you can go to our website and there's a contact us that goes right to me. Uh, or they can send me a, an email off my LinkedIn profile, whatever they'd like to do. Okay. All right. Well, this has been great. Uh, any final thoughts? Final thoughts is pay attention to everyone out there. Don't forget that they all need your help. Not just a few. They all need your help. That's great. All right, Michael. Well, you have a great day. Um, I'll end this here and uh, we'll see you guys later. Great. Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Equip Podcast. Do me a favor. Go to Apple, scroll all the way to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and a five-star review. Better yet, share this with someone that you think it would add value to. And if you think you would be a good guest on the Equip Podcast, shoot me an email at lane at goprospect.com. That's L-A-N-E at G-O-P-R-O-S-P-E-X dot com. Until next time, see you guys.